0: light it's
1: seven friday night welcome to the season two finale of seven friday night i'm sports stars managing editor chase bryson and i'm joined by my never boring co-host Beninos. we're doing the majority of recording for this episode on friday the 13th and if you listen to our outtakes episode a few weeks back you know a lot can go wrong on this show. So,
0: fingers crossed. Welcome Ben. Are you one to believe in superstitions and bad juju? Hello everyone. Superstition and bad juju. Well, that depends. Have you hit the record button? Yes. Okay. Thanks for making me
1: panic right there.
0: Uh, okay. Uh of course I believe in superstition. I played baseball. Come on. That's like a prerequisite. <laughs>
1: Well, we hope everyone had a nice holidays and is staying dry and safe through all these storms. I personally have become an expert on submersible pumps, that's fun. <laughs> but how about some fun without the sarcasm? Today's finale, in which will be our annual tradition as long as we keep this show going, is centered on Stars All NorCal team and its postseason awards. By the time this airs, all of the content will have been released at SportsStarsMag.com. That includes our 54-player All NorCal roster no first or second teams here we're all inclusive if you're on the team you're on the team and stories on our overall norcal player of the year offensive player of the year defensive player of the year and coach of the year we're going to talk about all of it and we will even bring on a special guest for a chat about our overall player of the year it's going to be a good time so let's get into it
0: i'm a little hesitant though you said uh We're doing this without the sarcasm. I I really don't know if I can do that. (laughs) If you listen to all 30-something episodes we've done this year, that's kind of my deal. But, you know, we've got wall-to-wall coverage, expanded coverage. Uh, I got to tell you, I wish we had more walls. Um, (laughs) I, I recall making a big point last year when we did this episode about really valuing the eye test. Like, oh, I saw this football uh, when it comes to stuff like this, I, I guess I'm wondering if maybe I can get more eyes. Can you ha- make that happen scientifically? We we did go through this process. We went through an extensive meeting the other night to talk through names and numbers and you know feelings. So many feelings from me. <laughs> uh, and when we started talking about some guys, I I think both of us and our uh, partner in crime, Jimmy Q, we all were kind of like, man, I wish. There were some guys that we said, man, I wish we could have seen them in person. Uh, Sadly, for America and for you, Chase, there's only one of me. So, you know, I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, For as difficult as some of this was, there were a couple of parts of it that really couldn't have been any easier. So we're going to start there. Even before we convened a meeting, we made an executive decision. Chase tell the good people who the 2022 sports stars, Northern California football player of the year sponsored by the Marvel (laughs) comic universe is
1: well, it's Blake Nicholson or Thor, depending on how you know him of Manteca football, who, I I mean, I've made my feelings for Blake very clear this season. Um, We've talked about him plenty on this show. In this very episode last year, um, you know, I was making a point that he'd be one of the guys that I couldn't wait to see again, uh, in the coming season because he was only a junior. He obviously did not disappoint. Um, and I've talked a lot about his 409 yards, seven touchdowns against Central Catholic back in October. That wasn't even the first time I saw him. The first time I saw him was last year. The 20, it was a 2021 2 way NorCal final at Wilcox when he rushed for 344 yards and three scores. So, He's the real deal. And let me give you some quick numbers uh, for the Florida State bound six foot two, 205 pound machine that they call Thor. He rushed for a little more than 1,700 yards on 209 carries. That's an average of 8.2 yards per tote. He also caught 29 passes for 703 yards and 14 more scores. Combine those, and Nicholson averaged more than 10 yards per touch. He's a walking first down, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> He scored at least six touchdowns in three different games. He finished with a total of 43 because two of them were also punt returns. Oh, right. He's going to play defense in college. So he also had a slew of tackles, four and a half sacks, an interception, seven passes defense and a forced fumble. And his team went 11 and two and won a section title. So not bad. So even though I've seen him three times, I don't think you ever got a chance to see him. Did
0: you Ben? No, I actually have talked to him uh, off the field um, for some stories that we worked on before the year, but I did not. I've seen him on film. uh, I did not get a chance to see him in person is a great regret of my life. (laughs) Thanks for pointing that out.
1: So uh, we still thought we might, it might be better to talk to someone who saw him a lot more than either of us. And we invited Manteca head coach, Mark Varnum to join us to share some thoughts and stories about coaching Blake Nicholson. Let's have a listen. Now we'd like to welcome to the show two-time defending SAC Joaquin section champion coach Mark Varnum of Manteca. We knew we'd be talking about Blake Nicholson today and figured who would have better knowledge than
0: Coach Varnum. So welcome to the show, Coach, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we talk a lot, uh, and we've we've I've gotten a chance to talk to Blake over the last couple of years, and Chase has seen him, gotten a chance to see him play a couple of times. But I'm curious, uh, to get us rolling here, getting a chance to coach just a singular talent like Blake must really have brought all kinds of thankful moments for you as a coach. But I'm kind of wondering, what, over the past two and a half seasons, was your favorite thing about coaching Blake?
2: You know, I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime you know, opportunity, once-in-a-lifetime talent. I I think what I'm most happy with and what I enjoyed the most was just watching how he he matured and and grew as a football player. Um, Obviously, from day one, you know, we we saw him on the practice field and we said, man, we we got something special here. I mean, this this kid is a unicorn. He doesn't come around around very often. But I I think from that spring season, his sophomore year, um, you know, over the next couple of years, just his his knowledge of the game, his football IQ – um, his his leadership abilities, his, his the way he was as a teammate, the, the physical was always there, but just all those other intangibles, you know, really improved every single year, and I think that's going to carry him a long way, you know, at, at the next level and hopefully beyond. So after every one of Blake's
1: big performances, I know you'd get asked about his efforts. I remember what you told me, and you've had similar remarks in other game stories I've read. It was essentially, "quote well, We see these types of things from him every week in games and in practice, so nothing takes me by surprise." But I'm curious, can you remember something he did on the field where you actually thought to yourself, wow, or like what performance of his do you think you'll remember the most?
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, um, there, there's so many of them, but the, the, the big thing was when whenever the, the lights were the brightest, whenever the game was the biggest, whenever the opponent was the toughest, that, that's when he shined more than anything. I mean, he, he wasn't a kid that you know racked his stacks up against you know lesser competition. He he had his biggest games in the NorCal game against Wilcox as a junior, um, in the in the league title game against Central Catholic his senior year. Uh, you know, obviously the section title game this year against Granite Bay, I mean, the kid, it just, whenever the, the, the game was the biggest and whenever we needed him most, that's really when he he just turned things up another level. And I think that's just what sets him apart from anybody else, is he wasn't doing this against, you know, the random game in early august i mean it was, it was in title games it was in championship games That that's when he really took things to the next level so as far as one moment just i think that's overall is our biggest games when we needed him most that's when he performed the best and, that, and that's that says something about him him as a player and him as a young man
0: so you get a chance to spend more time than oh, nearly anyone on the planet with him uh is there a story that people might not know or something that when we all talk in 5, 10, 15 years about the legend of Thor and Manteca <laughs> that you'll you'll look back and kind of get a chuckle about?
2: You know, he, he's a fun kid, man. He's I, I got to spend the last weekend with him in San Antonio for the All-American game. So we, we had a lot of fun kind of off the field and away from football. Uh, he was very excited about taking the riverboat tour on, on the riverwalks. <laughs> so that, that was fun. But the, the one, honestly, that stands out more than anything is uh, his sophomore year is it was at practice and you know, he, he breaks a long run and takes it to the house and he goes up on one step and two hand dunks it over the goalpost, you know, and we were, you know, you know, you know, we were laughing. It was great. Cause you know, we, we ran a pretty intense practice and there's a lot of, a lot of chirp and a lot of stuff like that. So he goes up and dunks it. And all of a sudden it went in, like slow motion and his feet kind of swung out. And all of a sudden he's falling straight, you know, straight down on his back. And I, I just, I'll never forget this. It was like, this, this one second fall took about two hours. I'm going to break an arm, don't break an arm. Don't. And he landed and it just I held my breath and I'm looking and it popped right back up, ran back to the huddle. said, hey, that was awesome. Don't ever do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's confirmed. Thor has real superpowers.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, finally, I just how excited are you to see him at the next level? And how hard do you think it will be for him to kind of give up the offensive side of the ball?
2: Yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing is, you know, obviously the, the, the D1 coaches, they, they know what they're doing, uh, no doubt about that. But he, he's the best high school running back I've ever seen, you know, either coaching or, or watching. So, I, you know, if they can find a way to a little, little wildcat linebacker quarterback, I, I think they get something out of it for sure. But, um, I you know, I just – after watching this past weekend against – you know, the best in the nation at the All-American game. I mean, he, he had more than held his own. You know, he led, led the, both teams in tackles. I mean, he, he, he proved he can play with anybody. So talking to the Florida State staff, obviously, they, they have big plans for him. Um, they, they think he can go and compete right away. So I, I think that there's, there's nothing that's, that's going to prevent him from doing that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a little trip to Tallahassee one of these days and <laughs> continuing to watch him do his thing.
0: Versatility is the name of the game these days. I don't think his days on offense are done. That's just me, but you know, it's when you have a talent like that, you use him every way possible.
1: Who so, was yeah. that UCLA? UCLA had a guy like that, like four or five years ago. Miles, Miles Jack. That's right. Oh, Miles Jack. Yeah. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. And Shaq no, Sha- Thompson I'm was from, like that too when he was a. Washington.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Which is funny. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I grew up in Washington, so you know, I know both those guys very well. But yeah, I, I think. You know, I, I hope they find a way to, to utilize him when they get the ball in his hand. We'll see.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right on. Well, that'll do it for us, Coach Varnum. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk up your star man and uh, just we, we're talking about Blake Nicholson today, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention the success of the Buffaloes. Just another outstanding season for the Manteca football program. So, congrats on a great year and uh, thanks again.
2: Well, thank you very much. Go Buffs.
0: <laughs> thanks, Mark.
2: Right, guys.
0: All right, great discussion from Coach Varnum. First of all, I do not know what I would have done in the case of that story he told about the goalposts. Uh, I don't like. That's when you see as a coach your life flash before your eyes, and (laughs) and the players' uh, life flash before your eyes. That is all bad. Uh, but it makes for a great story because nobody got hurt. Uh, I mean, Blake Nicholson is one of those guys that I think sticks with you through the years. He's one of those guys where you get to say, yep, we covered that dude. Because uh, <laughs> you assume he's going to play football for a long, long time. So that's that's pretty cool. And I think you and I have said this many, many times. You know when you see it with the really, right. really special ones. And I, I've gotten that from you on multiple occasions. So. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Let's keep this thing rolling. We award uh, players in a number of different categories, and we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. The 2022 Offensive Player of the Year calls Oakland home, and I'm happy to say he's not going too far for college. (laughs) I think the best way that I can describe McClyman's running back, Javion Thomas, is that when Mac went to Pittsburgh early in the season, the guy that I thought could make the biggest difference with the ball in his hands was Javion Thomas. There was talent all over the field. I mean, we're going to talk about Pittsburgh football at some point today, but every time McClyman's handed the ball to Thomas, I felt like he had a chance to go to the house and it's been that way. Every time I've seen him play, I've been a huge fan of him since I saw him last year as a junior and he only continued to get better this year, even when people knew he was the go-to option for McClyman. So, yes, he's going to be a golden bear. He already has a spot reserved in my heart, but I <laughs> I am just a big, big fan of this sort of talent. You got a chance to see him as well. Your impression of our offensive player of the year, Javion Thomas of McClyman's. Yeah, I
1: you got to see the better game of his, um, for sure. I mean, you saw both because we rolled, we rolled the state final, but he was under the weather during that state championship game, so I didn't get to see him at um at his very best, which you you did for sure. Um, but I I, I could I can't argue with the fact that um he of uh, the impact that he had for that team. It wasn't a slam dunk though, and I um and this was a tough one for me because I think a strong case can be made for for Luke Baker the San Valley quarterback as well. And as much as I like Javion, it's hard not to go for me to go back and think of that second half effort from Baker in the state final, probably the best NorCal individual effort of that entire weekend. I think um, in uh, leading to uh fourth quarter game time drives um, and then falling short in overtime. Javion was probably the most electric player with the ball in his hands uh, this season. And uh, he was definitely the force that drove that, that McClellan's team especially after they um, they were kind of supposed to be in a transition year right I mean they had some guys back but they they had lost a couple of, of really key stars from from previous teams and so they were going to lean on him a lot this year and they did and he, he definitely delivered
0: um, yeah it's uh, Baker was absolutely right there in the mix um, he's been named county player of the year by other publications he'll continue to get honors he's uh, obviously a an all NorCal quarterback for us, just a tremendous season. And I, to me, I really needed to see that state game because the time that I saw him in the regular season, actually, Clayton Valley did a very good job of limiting him. So to see him at his best, which was that second half of the state game, like you talked about, was really cool for me because uh, as we've talked about, you get a chance to see a guy once, maybe twice, if you're lucky, three times in a year. Um and if you catch him on an off night, you don't see the best version of him, as you're talking about with Thomas in the state game. So uh, Baker is. Uh, we're going to talk later about guys that we're excited to see next year. Yeah, we get another year of Luke Baker, and we're both very excited about that.
1: I think we can safely make him the betting
0: favorite for this
1: award next season.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's San Ramon Valley has some absolute <laughs> studs coming back next year. So
1: sure. All right, so uh, let's move on to our Defensive Player of the Year, which also wasn't super clear-cut. The crazy part of that, though, is that all the competition for it mostly came from what school? Uh, NorCal Open Division finalist Sarah San Mateo uh, had a defense that was beyond compare, really, this year. They were excellent. It was ridiculously talented. We could have nominated all three starting linebackers, Jabari Mann, Marley Alapati, and Danny New, and maybe even safety Joseph Bay as well. In the end, though, we settled on Mann, the linebacker who led the team with 87 tackles, tied for the team lead in sacks with five, and also added an interception. Um, all of these guys are juniors, so they're all going to be back. We're going to have the same problem next year, ben. Um, You wrote the story on Mann and talked to Sarah Coach Patrick Walsh for it. Share some of what you talked about when it came to these guys and all of whom, like I said, we're we're going to have to see again next year and figure it out again.
0: This has to rank among one of the most rare things that could ever happen to a high school football team. I mean, you looked at that defense this year and you looked at all the guys that were. I mean, as a junior, you're taking a step forward, right? You're growing, you're evolving and then. you you point towards your senior season to kind of be the leaders of the team and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know how you separate any of these guys. They are phenomenal football players. Like you said, I did get a chance to talk to Coach Walsh. First and foremost, I think the thing that, you know, having not had a chance to get to know these guys off the field, I wanted to pick Coach Walsh's brain about was what are they like and especially what is Jabari like off the field. Standout human beings. And and that's that's the first thing you want to talk about with Jabari man. Just Coach Walsh could not have said enough good things about him off the field. So really happy to hear that. But you know, he also actually made the best point, I think, that you can in this kind of discussion. Jabari, Marley, Joseph, Danny, all kind of they're they're rotating awards this year. All of them are getting awards of some sort or another. And he said, really nobody's wrong in giving any of these guys awards because all of them deserve all this shine. So uh, we had a chance to talk a little bit about those guys in the context of a unit, which was really cool. Um, I wish I had gotten to, we've talked about this already, wish I'd gotten a chance to see them in person against an actual high school team (laughs) rather than the Baltimore Ravens. But even in that game, you were able to see the talent level. You stood next to them on the sideline. You saw. You kind of got a chance to understand the the level at which these guys played. Uh, it's a well-deserved honor for Jabari. They're going to be incredible next year. Uh, come on, man. All four of those guys back on a team <laughs> next year? That's silly. Yeah, silly.
1: It's silly. During the meeting with with you and Jim, I mentioned that that defense didn't give up more than seven points in any league game, and they play in arguably the best the best league in the Bay Area and the West Catholic Athletic League. Um, yeah, no more than seven points in all all six contests, which is which is just crazy.
0: It's f- so funny. Danny Scadero is the player of the year in the West Catholic Athletic League, and rightfully so. We will talk about MIDI a little bit later. But if you're Patrick and you went into that meeting to talk about all league, who would you put up? Like, can can you nominate multiple guys at once? That must have been kind of an awkward conversation. Uh, So happy for Danny because he had a great year. Um, But... uh, Man, the, the whole Sarah team, like it's
1: like the it's like the Oscar category with three
0: three nominees from the same movie, right? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's the defensive side of the ball. Let's wrap up our award talk by talking coach of the year. And actually, I should be a little more specific. We're talking coaches of the year when we gathered to talk about our preseason stories that we were going to do way back in late July and early August. You had the idea that we needed to send our friend Ike Dodson to Del Paso Heights in Sacramento. Grand High School was coming off a winless season, but you knew the pedigree and you had a feeling that the Pacers weren't going to be down for long. This year's coaches of the year for Northern California are Carl Reed and Sidquan Thompson of Grand. And I think it's a hugely deserved award. I obviously got a chance to see them against El Cerrito and I absolutely love their brand of football, good athletes, good schemes, just a really well-coached bunch that believed and fed off the belief of their community. We can talk X's and O's and I think they definitely stand up in that way, but I think reigniting that belief within the Pacer community is an equally important job because it's a community that really cares about their team and their high school football. Uh, you can share your thoughts on the Grant duo, but we also need to get into another candidate we discussed because I actually really like this debate. I think we talked about it more than I would have thought we needed to, but because you made a compelling argument that maybe this wasn't a slam dunk. I <laughs> first
1: of all, I, I I don't see how you can challenge this pick I mean, for going with going from a winless season to state champs is about as good as you can get. Um, but I did feel the need to nominate and put a strong word in for, for Justin Alaba de La Salle, who I think went a little underappreciated this year and getting the often wounded and inconsistent Spartans sorted out in time to make a late push and return to a state bowl championship game, even though they didn't win it. Um, it's, it's hard for a coaster program. And we've talked about this before um, when it comes to, our coach of the year discussions and and Justin Allenbaugh and Bob Lattester before him, uh, it's hard for a coach of a program that successful to get recognized because of all the talent that they have, but this year deserved maybe an extra shout out um, while taking nothing away from Coach Reed and Thompson who we eventually named. Um, but uh, I thought, I definitely thought there was a conversation we had about about Coach Allenbaugh and maybe one of his best efforts as as a. Uh, as the coach of the
0: spartans it's so funny every single year you have to put the de la Salle coach on the board for a coach of the year honor and you go well what makes this year different and this year was different like you say it, there was legit teaching and coaching and management of that team because a lot of stuff happened to them de la Salle challenges itself when it comes to its schedule and when things aren't going 100% right and you have injuries and you have stuff going on behind the scenes, then that shows in the one loss record. But for them to get to that place that we're so accustomed to seeing them, which is the state final, I think Coach Allen Baugh did just a tremendous job this year. And uh, I'm totally with you. When you brought it up, I said, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about it because it was a great coaching job. I also want to mention that we are sort of bordering that territory for Patrick Walsh these days too. Like you can't take for granted the things that Sarah is doing uh, on a consistent basis now. And so when it comes to talking coach of the year, I think you have to, you have to mention Patrick as well, because that doesn't, that sort of consistency, just like it did with Coach Latticer and Coach Ellenbaugh, doesn't happen without the guy at the front. So, yeah, Justin's in there, Patrick's in there, Danny Sullivan at MIDI turning it around, Hayes in there. Um, lots of candidates. I'm shout out for all the state champions. You want to talk about a, a team and a coach that turned things around midseason? Let's talk Jalal Beachman at Dellerman. Yeah. I mean, they had every reason to pack it in, but they turned that thing around and got to the final weekend of the season. So lots of good coaching efforts this year, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to see the love going to uh, Sacramento. All right,
1: well, let's take a look at the roster now. We've got 54 guys here. I'm going to start the discussion uh, on this group by asking you, which guy or two were you most happy to get on?
0: Guy or two come on you know that's not how i roll <laughs> so settle in uh is your bad from a structural perspective for letting me go first here really um okay i mean on a personal level the guys that we've gotten to have on the podcast this year i think are always kind of going to be our favorites so um Sai Vajrawale from Rancho Katati. I got to see him play multiple times this year. We talked to him on the show. I think he's going to be a tremendous football player at the next level and a and a good person. So uh, happy to see him. We've gotten to know Robbie Mascaroni and Dasha Weaver from Campolindo over the past couple of years, and we both think the world of them as people. So uh, tremendous seasons. Glad to see them honored. Uh, Riker Peters from Escalon. I've talked at length about my respect for the Escalon football community, and I think Riker is one of the legends of that program at this point. Uh, But uh, that's all build up to say the guy that I actually really want to say I'm excited to see on this list is the rare Sacramento area guy that I've seen in person and I don't think anyone else at Sports Star saw this year, which is really weird. Uh, I remember saying on this very podcast at one point early in the year that if you put Sheldon Scott Nixon at any particular position, I bet he could do it. And by the end of the year, his dad, Chris Nixon, almost had to test that theory. because Scott was everywhere. We penciled his name in as an all-purpose selection right after we penciled in Blake Nicholson's name because that's how impactful he was this year. He's the Sacramento Bee Player of the Year. He's a favorite of mine as well. No stashing guys at all purpose simply because they own a pair of legs. Okay. <laughs> Scott Nixon is an all purpose football player. So, yeah, that was, he's one of my favorites.
1: Right on. So, um, I'll, I'm going to shock you. And pick someone from the Bryson Valley Athletic
0: League. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Devin Rivers of Heritage. Um, it's just a really, <laughs> really good football player, man. Despite despite a smaller stature, I don't care. The Patriots missed the playoffs this season. The Rivers Rivers fell about 250 yards shy of his second straight 2000 yard rushing season. But I, I watched him deliver a five-touchdown night against Freedom of Oakley, and he belongs with this group absolutely. And and just like his older brother, Ronnie, I wouldn't count him out of making an impact at the next level with Fresno state. So I was happy that we got him on this year. We didn't last year when he was over 2000 yards, because I, it just, the the chips fell a little differently, but um, I think he deserves to be on there this and this season. And I'm glad that we did. We were able to find a spot for him. Um, I'll stay in the Bryce Valley athletic league. And I'll say that I was happy that Juju walls made this list. Um, the sophomore defensive end for Pittsburgh, um, I think was the most impactful Pittsburgh defender this year. Um, and I uh, was glad that we put him on. If we go out of the uh, BVAL, I think I will share the same sentiment as far as guests we've had on this show and seeing them succeed. I would definitely put Dashiell Weaver and Robbie M- Mascheroni on that too. Uh, Dash and Mash both make the, uh, both make the lists and both well-deserved.
0: It's tough. It's a tough call, but you know, lots of, lots of good seasons. We'll say it again. I'm sure before we're done with this, uh, episode, but 54 spots is, uh, not a lot. So, yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier that there are guys on this list that we are both bummed that we didn't get to see in person this year. We know the stories. We may have seen the film but we never got to see them live and direct. So I will let you start this one. Who on this list do you most wish you had gotten a chance to see in person? Um, well, we've already mentioned it multiple times this
1: this episode. Uh, I would have really liked to see Middy's do-everything guy, Danny Scudero, who we put at wide receiver but made impacts in all three phases of the game. Definitely would have liked to have seen him um, because different times during the season when I ran into uh, Darren Samedra, on the sidelines. Uh, he would be telling me stories about what Danny was doing in the games that he saw of MIDI and just sound like a really fun player to watch. I'd also put Oak Ridge's. I mean, so Oak Ridge's defense was kind of the sack Joaquin version of Sarah's defense this year. And I, I would have liked to have seen Connor Dasman come off the edge a few times too. I mean, Ike Dotson was, was high on him from as early as August when he went to take photos of the, of their preseason scrimmage. So uh, Dasmond would have definitely been one as well. Uh, I also mentioned uh, Jackson Harris of Berkeley, whose film I watched was awesome, and I would have liked
0: to have seen some of those plays in person as well. So, how about you? couple guys for me. I will start with a guy whose team I actually saw. Uh, that is Chris Lawson of Foothill. Anytime you get named player of the year on both offense and defense in your league, you got something going. So, uh, I saw Foothill play El Cerrito and Chris Lawson was out. So that would have been a different game if he had played and I would have liked to have gotten a chance to see him play. I will get that chance in the next couple of years. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I talked about Riker Peters already. I got a chance to see him last year. So I kind of know what we're talking about, but I didn't get to see Escalon in person this year. Uh, although I did consider it at one point. Um so kind of bummed about that, and then Scadero. The answer is Danny Scadero because he had—he's the MVP of the West Catholic Athletic League, and that really means something. Uh, and with Mitty in the middle of a resurgent year this year, he was the catalyst. And I hope that his efforts this year and uh, that entire team's efforts propelled them to continued success. So um, I have seen games, Mitty home games, uh, before and it's a nice place to watch game. So, uh, yeah.
1: Right on. I mentioned at the top that Blake Nicholson was one of the guys from last year's All NorCal roster that I noted being super excited to see another season's worth of action from. Who's that guy or guys for you this season? (laughs) There's
0: Actually, there's a lot. Um, We
1: have a lot of underclassmen, so a lot of options.
0: Uh, Lawson is certainly one. He's going to be a junior next year, so we've got two more years of him. Uh, The Sarah defense, we've covered them, all of them. Yeah. Um, Let's mention Philip Bell at Christian Mm -hmm. Brothers, who has already become one of the state's best receivers. Uh, We get a couple more years of him as well. We talked about Luke Baker at San Ramon, but how about Marco Jones on the other side of the ball? Uh, I would not be super surprised to see him running the ball either at some point in his Wolves career. Uh but my answer actually is <laughs> right. because I've I've name dropped everybody else and taken all no your answer. options, which like none is, of this was your answer before. Now my answer. That's right. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you give me time to prepare. Uh my answer is Austin Mack. He put up typically great numbers for a Folsom quarterback this year. But everything I saw from him, and I got a chance to see him in person, which was great, leads me to believe he's not even close to his ceiling. I think we're back here at this time next season, and you've mentioned Baker's coming back, so Offensive Player of the Year is going to be a thing next year. But uh, uh, another year in the Folsom system traditionally has resulted in a Folsom quarterback ending up as a Player of the Year or Offensive Player of the Year for us, so uh he's he's in that mix, and I actually am gonna mention a guy who didn't quite make our list because I know you won't uh <laughs> and he's playing in week one against Austin Mac it is Sarah quarterback Maui Smith there you go because he had every we we talk about this a lot there's only so many spots on our team, but Maui Smith's gonna be back next year and He's lining up against Austin Mac in Week One. Shout out, Folsom! Go buy your tickets now. Why wait? You know, go to the school. Say, Coach Walsh, I want a ticket. Maybe <laughs> don't. Do, maybe don't do that yet. But uh, yeah, he's going to be a baller as well. All so right, I, I left you all the names. Come on, right?
1: You so did. Yeah. No, I'm going to go right back to, to Juju Walls, man.
0: Uh, oh, there you go.
1: Yeah, he's he's going to be. He, I'm I'm putting the over under a 15 sacks next year. Let's Ooh, go aggressive. I think he's going to be a monster. Um, and uh, and so does his his coach, uh, Charlie Ramirez, um, thinks he's probably going to be a monster too. He's hard not to be excited about that defense, although it's probably not as loaded as Sarah's. It's going to be good next year as well. Uh, a lot of talent coming back. So I'll say
0: Juju. Juju sticking with good the juju. juju.
1: Not bad Juju.
0: Yeah, there you go. There Jaden, we go. Jaden Hudson also back uh, for that team. Lots of players back yeah. for that defense next year. So, I guess that's what we've got for our all NorCal team uh which means it's that time again. <laughs> um the fans have spoken. The fans really care about this segment. So, I'm not going to do the final read, Chase, because that's what the people expect. Like movies are supposed to have happy endings, right? But this isn't Disney, Chase. It's not all wine and cheese, (laughs) not all roses and tulips, (laughs) beer and pizza, but just to give you a little satisfaction at the end of a long season and in recognition that in a couple weeks, you will find yourself realizing that you miss my particular brand of obfuscation and skullduggery. I will do part of your read for you. How about that? I will share it.
1: You're magnanimous. Approach knows no bounds. I will take this baby steps approach. Okay. Yeah, I will will accept this
0: offer. And I will note for the listeners that in one one piece of a segment, we have used the words obfuscation (laughs) and magnanimous. (laughs) So if you came here for four-letter words, you've come to the wrong place.
1: All right. Let's get into this then. We'd like to thank Manteca coach Mark Varnum once again for joining us bringing a parade of great season two guests to a close. We built 7 Friday Night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for 7 Friday Night, and please rate and subscribe and review. Ben would love to be reviewed.
0: I would love to be reviewed. (laughs) Now, review this. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Stars Magazine's web home SportStarsMag.com You, I'm talking to you, can stream the episode there. You can also find links to the various other platforms and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Chase includes them, not me. Also, follow the show on Twitter because Twitter is in a really good place right now. At sports stars pods. And you should also be following sports stars magazine because chase against my strenuous objection insists on covering other sports. Follow us at sports stars. Mag. That's where you can stay up to date on all of the magazine's coverage and get updates on other sports stars podcasts that we're hoping to revive to bridge the gap until next August. What did I do? so good yeah so good
1: (laughs) our main cover art features photography and designed by yours truly our individual episode art is shot by ben myself and other sports stars photographers and finally our theme music was produced and performed by dustin phillips all right great
0: dustin phillips great
1: dustin phillips all right give us your final 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 thoughts
0: Final, final, no huge speech to end the season because to be perfectly honest, I am winded after having to do that read (laughs) like half was just the right speed for me. I don't even know if I did half, but like it felt like half Uh, picking an all NorCal team is hard, man. I wish we could name all the kids we've seen this year or at least a lot more of them. But as we said last year, this list means a great deal because it's the hardest list to get on in my estimation. So props to the guys that made it, props to the guys who almost made it, props to all the players and coaches who made 2022 a great year of high school football.
1: 100%. And props to you, Ben. Thanks again for uh, being part of this endeavor. It's been a lot of fun for me to continue to do this, and uh, I really hope that the stars continue to align and we can can all show up again for Season 3 and have a lot more fun.
0: We are signed on, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the contracts are there. They exist for season three. Uh, the internet can't get rid of us yet, but let's be honest. We're not like the worst thing on the internet these days. And we might be the best. You never know. <laughs> Thank you to all our listeners
1: who have come along for the ride this year. There were more of you this year than there were in season one. And if you'd like to uh, share the word, man, let's get even more back for season three. We'd love to continue to grow this. And we can't wait till next year, and and we'll talk to you guys then.
0: I'm going to go watch Coach Walsh's tweet about his countdown clock on repeat. Yes. Until next season.
1: The dash starts
0: now. Let's go. Like a cat playing a piano seven Friday night lives on.